Hey everybody, our pal John at Giant Squid Productions made a Jamestown Lunar-based t-shirt. It's for sale now. Check it out. He's a fan of the show. Maybe you want to wear one. tinyurl.com slash jamestownbase or look for the link in the show notes. I'm Dan Morin. This is our For All Mankind recap podcast on TV, and I am joined, as always, by my American counterpart, Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Well, howdy, (laughs) y'all. Oh, no. Too too American. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry about that. Uh, It's it's, uh, season two, episode eight, and here's to you. Mm, Here's to the crazy ones. (laughs) Nope that's nope nope something else we do there's there's more you know we still got a lot of apple twos in this show but uh no max yet so uh things really calmed down after last week huh yeah (laughs) um yeah 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 there's more so last week we talked about uh, all the things that happened and this week guess what more things happened even more things it's amazing how that happens on a tv yeah, show when yeah. it's ramping up to its finale yeah exactly we talked about the build and pretty much everything that we saw last week it's like last week but more so plus some other stuff oh yeah there's so much going on here i guess let's just dive in this is a this is a big episode it's a long episode too so yeah exactly yeah i was trying to watch it over a lunch hour i was like this is longer than yeah, an hour <laughs> yeah yeah um so let's just dive in. Ellen uh, is going to be uh, nominated as the permanent administrator of NASA, which again falls to all those issues uh, where she's not so sure about that because of her promises to Pam. She sort of like really wanted to be out, but now it's very clear that Reagan loves her and wants to keep her going. And isn't that great? Other than the fact I keep thinking like, well, you know, your response should be um, great. Can I bring my, uh, my lesbian lover to the uh, swearing in long pause, right? Well, <laughs> well, let's get back to, I did. Is there something wrong with the well, connection? Alan? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's, so that's out there, but, it's a thing that she has to grapple with and you know she talks to pam about it and there's definitely she says you're what i want you know and and i believe her right like ellen wants to be with pam but i again i i fear the tragedy of events leading her somewhere that she doesn't want to go well it's a it's a want need dichotomy too right like she she wants to be with pam but she also feels that she needs to do this job she has well it's a responsibility right it's like what what i have what i'm responsible for versus what i want to do and a lot of people choose duty over the personal fulfillment and that's sort of what oh i feel so bad for her yeah she's stuck in an untenable position it's basically there's no there's no great way out no. of this one, unfortunately. Uh, good news. Uh, oh, the Buran shuttle, the Soviet Buran shuttle is being delayed. I wonder why. O-rings. Yeah. Hey, uh, the general feels great about that because he's the smart people figured it out. Everything yeah. worked out. Hooray! <laughs> it's all going to be fine. And, and we're going to... Th- this, this season is going to totally end with uh, happy... Uh, disengaging of all tensions between the U.S. and the Soviet <laughs> Union, and Soyuz Apollo ushering in a new decade of peace and prosperity, right? There's right? no way that the handshake turns into a fist fight, is all I'm saying. <sighs> all right. Meanwhile, Gordo is, uh, is going to the moon. He's on the space shuttle. He's going to be launched. 
Um, there's a moment Ed's there. Ed's there to to put his hat on for him. Yeah, yeah. There's a moment where Gordo is almost ready, and he's got the helmet there. And and what what I'm thinking in that moment is so helmet. We meet again. <laughs> Right, because it's like his nemesis. But you everything know. else is fine. Gloves, fine. Suit, yep. fine. That little hat cowl thing they wear under the suit, fine. Sure. No problem. Helmet. It's just that it's that last little bit. But Ed that is, last little bit. Ed is there to wish him Godspeed and and to button him up. To and, say he's, he's proud of him. And uh, and so he's going. He's going to space. Like it or not, Gordo's going to space. Um, oh, by the way, I want to. This is a, a super nerdy thing, but Dance and Mister is not a cabinet physician, so they keep talking about her being in the cabinet. And unless they've really changed, Reagan's decided that he likes NASA so much that it is now a cabinet position. It's not a cabinet position. It's a, there are other agencies that are cabinet level positions. Yeah, that are not. And so I wondered if because of the fact that space was so advanced, it had they, essentially was considered a cabinet level maybe. position. I, I guess we have to give him that, right? Like it's a parallel uh, parallel timeline. So maybe maybe it is because they we, keep talking who are about we it. to tell them you're in Reagan's cabinet, <laughs> what their cabinet is. I just, you know, that would be great. if She's like, well, actually, I'm not in the cabinet. It would just be, <laughs> but no, it just doesn't doesn't really uh, doesn't really come up. Um, I guess let's let's uh, let's follow Gordo a little bit. Yeah, How about keep that? Going, Gordo? Yeah, like he he uh, he gets he gets to the moon and uh, we, everything actually seems to go really well for him. Like he's in once he's in the suit and on the shuttle, yeah. like he's doing okay. And in fact, we get does he show up to back in black? Yes, uh, back when he in lands, black, which is great. And they what got a, a banner. It's like welcome back, Gordo. Wait, right? Because he doesn't yep. he doesn't have to be Linus because he was there. At the he was beginning. there before everyone else. Yep. <laughs> Um, I was thinking about that. I was wondering if we were going to have a scene where somebody tries to give him the patch, and he's like, son. <laughs> yeah. And enthu- enthusiastic tour guide astronaut, who we've seen before, is back again. Um, and and a very funny line where he's like, wow, I can't believe that the, this thing that's our galley now was the whole base. Wow, if I was locked up in there for months, I'd go out of my gourd. And he's like, yeah, take me somewhere else, please. Yeah. <laughs> it, he really doesn't bad. want to be in the galley. I, want, I just I wanted a high bob. That's what I wanted in that moment. But we didn't. We didn't get it. It's like just, uh, and then and then he finds out that Tracy's out with the Marines, which is that moment like the Marines, and and they tell the story about how basically their pilot sucks, and so she's become the hotshot uh, Marine pilot for all of the military activity at the at the South Pole. Um, and uh, then he sees her because he goes, he's going to sleep, and she surprises the hell out of him, <laughs> and and they uh, they have a whole conversation. He he meets one of the Marines, uh, Paulson. One of the Marines is there, and is like, oh, Tracy is doing all sorts of stuff. She is she is fitting in great on the moon. Uh, when Gordo it, finally, I finds will her. say that is an awkward scene that I feel like is very. <laughs> I I feel like it, it hit home a little bit because it's that like moment where like you've built up. He's gone to the moon and he's told Sam, right? He told her husband, "I'm going to win her back." And in that moment, he shows up and she's there, like, oh, "I'm very comfortable here. I've got my marine pal. We're going to go eat in the dining hall. Everything's good. It's good to see you, Gordo." And you have that moment where he closes the uh, the curtain, and you can kind of see him thinking, like, "Oh man, like." I totally like she doesn't really care that I'm here <laughs> like it feels like a little bit like you know oh, I've gone after the girl and you yeah. show up and then the girl's like hey, I got buddy I got know? my new marine pal here yeah it's Strapping like I, I, I don't marine. think about you that way almost right it's kind of like the the almost the way that it reads in that moment of him being like 
oh, maybe I maybe I've misthought about this whole maybe. whole idea. But they maybe. do they do. So so we get him seeing the uh, the picture with the broken arm. Don't let this happen to you, which is so brutal. I wanted him to take it down. I, did I was too. upset about that. Yeah. I did too, but then I wondered about the dynamics. If it's been up there for so long, and then he comes and it's gone, that that says something too. Um, but he does end up uh, finding Tracy, who is back to her illicit ways in the uh, smoking in the, in the airlock. Yeah, she's convinced their kid to send him send her cigarettes wrapped in cheese. Basically, yeah. is that yeah, yeah, and and uh, he she says you look good, and you know he's like he turned a corner basically a little bit that he's kind of and he says to her what happened when he was last there that i lost it i couldn't handle losing you it was my fault i did it and uh and uh i'm gonna get you back and she's like uh gordo hello <laughs> we're on the moon here what's going on he's like oh yeah i told sam <laughs> uh, what did he say <laughs> well, well, no nobody uh, like a I, he does a sam impression yeah trace is like a wild horse you yeah. know <laughs> they both laugh at that yeah. i thought this was an interesting scene because he just like man gordo you've been on yeah. the moon for less than a day you're <laughs> you're already you know basically jumping right in with both feet to well, your your whole plan I think here maybe this is the lesson that he's learned is that he's just got to let it out he's he can't carpe diem he can't keep it bottled in so he's going to lay it all out there and and admit that he he was uh completely messed up and that it was his fault like uh and it's not her fault he doesn't doesn't blame her at all which is absolutely right he was a terrible husband and what i find fascinating about this scene is that after the whole you know oh he said no man woman or beast could catch you unless you want to be caught her line is well catch catch me if you can can she just what? really likes that movie, even though it hasn't come out yet. Ah, uh, well, in this timeline. <laughs> oh, no. yeah, maybe it was really early. No, I, I like this scene a lot. Um, I, I enjoy them sharing the cigarette over the uh, the vacuum tube, and Tracy yep. explains, like, she, you know, I just you know, send it out into space, and if anybody asks about the smell, you just tell them, oh, something in the food. Um, and which is, which is was, total, total BS, by the way. This is... Oh, uh, yeah. You, you it's not don't don't smoke in space it's not it's, it's not true you can you can smell this is the i think ron moore is a smoker and uh this is one of those things where it's like somebody tell the smokers that uh that blowing in a tube does not keep the smoke off of all of your clothes and hair yeah. and make it well, very obvious there with it. or in the room yeah. come on yeah i mean i guess if that's actually an airlock you could probably get rid of it to a certain degree, but to the yeah, airlock probably, at the yeah. end but it's still gonna yeah. be in your clothes and your hair and it's stuff still, yeah it's, it's just, not it's the fine particles you can't someone do it but know. anyway it's science fiction we'll just go with it yeah um i thought this it's a great scene and um he really i mean first of all they the gordo has clearly uh gotten himself together right like you know we've, they do a nice job of he's much more put together now than he was when we first saw him this season uh they let him get rid of his uh his fat suit among other things um but he i was surprised in some ways that he had never come clean about what had happened to her uh, or what happened to him, sorry, on the moon. But I, you know, remembering now that their marriage was kind of disintegrating, as he points out, the whole thing that caused it, he felt like in the first place was he knew that going back down would mean the end of the marriage, right? Like he would be, he was going to leave the moon to go back home to basically be alone. And that is what he felt like caused his anxiety and stress uh, and all the, his breakdown, basically. And he does a great job with this scene, right? Like delivering that that uh, sort of little monologue he's got about like 
how he overheard their conversation and, you know, remembering the happy memories and realizing that, like, he was happiest when he was with her and he screwed up and all of that. I think it's actually fantastic. Um, it's it's reminds us of the chemistry that these two actors have. Yeah. Um, and even though we've got Sam sort of in the mix, uh, it's also been clear, I think, to a certain degree from what we've seen with his interactions. Let's put it this way. We're eight episodes into the season we have never seen Sam and Tracy together in a scene. Right. They have not shared a single scene in this entire season. Right. And the one time we see Tracy in their house, she wakes up alone, as we point out, drinking some beer. Well, with in a the maid, morning, I is, guess. With a maid, yes. Not a good sign. Yeah. Uh, their relationship, I feel like, is, it feels very much like something built on an idea rather yeah. than an actual relationship uh, between two people. We don't know, but his reaction... But the to- fact that we don't see it shown tells us that's kind of what the show is telling us, is right. that there's not a super strong relationship here, because even his answer to Gordo is like, yeah, take a shot, yeah. right? I like- mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, we'll come back to the moon at the end. Um, let's check it in with a, some other stuff that's happening in here. There's Molly... Uh, Molly gets a diagnosis of a glaucoma. It's not curable. She is eventually going to go blind. Um, she uh, storms out of the doctor's office, uh, gets in a plane, flies up to the edge of space uh, where the sky is darkening and touches the glass like she, you know, again, really wants to touch space. She goes back down uh, and then has a conversation with her husband where um, she reveals that she's all full of radiation. Cause he's like, what is going on with you? Why are you acting like this? And, uh, and that's, that's the answer is that, uh, Oh yes, I was out there for like an hour and I have horrible radiation and glaucoma. And I mean, I kept waiting for her to say, well, the good news is I'll probably die of cancer before I go blind. <laughs> um, but that's, that's what's going on with, uh, with Molly. And he, she can't see either. And, um, when he holds a beer yeah, that's out for how, her in that's a peripheral vision, it, it yeah. precipitates, right. Is that he, he, he tries to hand her a beer and surprises her. And he's like, what is going on? You sit in your bathtub staring at the wall and like, and so she, she, uh, you know, she will, he says, we'll get through it. And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like this relationship. I'm glad on the one hand, I'm disappointed that we haven't seen more of Wayne as I think I said last yep. week. Um, I liked, he was a great part of season one. Yep. On the other hand, I'm glad to a certain extent because I feel like the note we would have been hearing in their interactions over the season would have been her keeping stuff from him repeatedly, right. which is uh, you know gets repetitive if it's just that and it feels damaging and it feels like the relationship that we saw them display in season one was very much a relationship of partners who are open with each other exactly. and who are like very confident in their relationship and i didn't want to necessarily have to live through six or seven episodes of him of her dodging his questions exactly about so they just sort of bring it to a head immediately here and you know we'll see what happens with that but the implications from her appointment with the doctor is like the flight surgeons at nasa are pretty good they're gonna catch this yeah so your days are numbered so her basically, fl- flying up there and that. touching the glass feels to me almost like a farewell like she can't she's not gonna yeah. be able to to be in space uh again although who knows situations may change who knows you know, technology's advancing might, in a fantastic I mean, they, honestly these these are the moments in this episode where i start to think um, well, if there was ever somebody who's a great pilot and astronaut who's uh, willing to sacrifice themselves, yeah, right. it's Molly well, now. Yeah, because, I mean, not only that, but we saw she literally already made that decision in the end of 
the first episode. Yeah, because because she, she got she the literally same puts, Right, exactly. Hey, she literally sacrificed. Are we going to like cut to him? I think we're going to find. We I think we we surmised early on that we're going to like have a callback at some point in the season where they're just like, oh, Wubbo died, and everyone's like, oh, oh no, yeah. I was I was Not hoping Wubbo, by the way, a real guy, or was a real Dutch astronaut, and uh, and yeah, I just want I want a scene of him like having a stoop waffle in Amsterdam. And being like, man, I don't have long to live, but uh, every moment that I eat a stroop waffle, I feel alive. Feel alive. And yeah. then the next episode, they're like, oh, Wubbo died. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, too many stroop waffles. <laughs> too many. Yeah. He didn't even know that it wasn't the radiation. No, it was the stroop waffles. Oh, didn't get to him. Couldn't so catch good. him in time. Um, okay. They're arming Pathfinder. This seems like a bad idea. They're going to put Phoenix missiles that have been uh, sent over Modified. by the Department of Defense. Uh, and I think in these scenes, and they, they later they do target practice and they fire missiles and they they're like, oh, all the all the targets are dead, sim complete. And what we get from these two scenes is really um, one again, Ed's competence, Ed's good at his job, and two, interestingly, Sally Ride is not here for this. Sally Ride is who is who is not one of the army guys or, or, or Navy guys military, or air force guys, yeah. the, the, yeah, the military men in the front seats, she's sitting behind them. And Dr. Ride is like, no, this is bad. I this don't is like not this what I all. signed up for. Exactly. For sure, and Marco right? tries you know, the, to soft pedal. Oh, it's only a test, but you can see in that, in that sim later that she's like, I got to get out of here. I got to get some air. Cause she is right. disgusted with what they're doing to this, this uh, civilian right. uh, test flight that they're supposed to be on. Yeah. There's a lot of weasel word, right? Like, Oh, Oh, these are primarily there for self-defense. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, but not entirely then. Right. And he's like, right. uh, and, and you're just testing the missiles in this. space. You're, you don't have a mission to destroy things. That will come later. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. You don't test something you're not going to use. Exactly. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Exactly. So, so uh, yeah, the, the military and civilian uh, like sort of uh, conflict that we've talked about in previous weeks is coming to a head here where it's like, well... We've made the decision to arm this. The question is whether or not it's then going to be deployed as a weapon in space, right? Like, and that's kind of what we're positioning. And then the unspoken aspect of it is, you know, what are the Russians going to do <laughs> once we've, you know, weaponized our shuttle? Like, they don't really have the option to not respond, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, well, they got the brand in there for repairs. Maybe they can... Uh put some missiles on it while they're at it. We just have an escalation of but this arms race. It's also counterpointed against the ongoing so Soyuz Apollo is going forward as they say you know uh Ellen sort of reiterates the line about like we've extended our hand in friendship and if the Russians want to back out we come out with the high ground right so right. they're going to keep going and uh Margo and Sergey are going to keep working on the, the the docking procedures yeah we should talk about that so there's there's a bunch <laughs> of stuff here with Margo but let's talk about that scene the, the Margo Margo is uh looking at what she's going to wear because you know she sleeps in her office and stuff and her assistant says well you know Sergey likes red and she's, she's like, like who why cares? do i care who cares yeah. what he likes but you know then then you know then it's like oh yeah there's a little tension there and and she he's like oh get into the mock-up i'll show you and she's got her skirt and her heels on and like they're close in the and you know, like if we shake hands in the center where will the camera go but then like he's gets he gets stuck and there's and it's a he tries meet- to flip a coin and they his pants get caught yeah and they meet cute it's a meet cute dan it's a meet yeah. cute in the soyuz in apollo mock-up yeah yeah um I'm curious about this because I did notice several times Sergey does seem to be wearing a ring. Uh, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a wedding ring or not. It sure looks like a wedding yeah. ring, um, but they kind of brush right over that. Uh, and clearly, there is a 
uh, chemistry there. There's yes. an attraction there between both of them, I think, even though I think Margot doesn't quite even understand herself. Right. Like, you know, we've seen Margot as somebody who has never put personal relationships really. No, I was going to say, have we, seen, have we seen Margot have a personal relationship? I mean, we've seen her relationships with other people personally, like Aleda or like, but like a Verna romantic relationship. She's had no, none. We have right? not seen a, rela- a romantic relationship, and the fact that she was willing to invite Sergey to the club to earlier her this secret, season, her secret jazz club, yeah, is the is the like most we've seen out of her yeah. in sort of willing to open up to anybody. If I learned anything as a kid, it's that you don't invite somebody to your secret jazz club unless you're serious about them. Yeah, that's 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 not first it's basic material. No, yeah, it's basic. That's don't run well, with that. We, we'll see. There's sort of nothing else about that, uh, but uh, that's that's there. That's there. There's going to be more uh, on that front, I'm sure, in future episodes. But but that's that's hanging out there. The other stuff with uh, with Margot is is um, is Margot and Alita. So, um, all right. We as prophesied last <laughs> week, Alita uses the fact that her manager peed in his pants. Like the moment that he disagrees with her about something, where and to be fair, I like the nuance of this. She's like, "This is not the way to do this. This is a bad design. There's a better way to do this." And his response is, "Well, we went to the moon with this bad design." And I like, I think that's an interesting way to put it because she is she is identifying something that she thinks is dumb, and his response is. Well, it may be dumb, you know, but we went to the moon. And I like that because he's making a kind of a false appeal there, which is, oh, well, if it was good enough for us back then, it's good enough for now, which does it's not a, address it's a her conservative argument. It does yeah. not. Yeah, it does not address address her 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 uh, argument here. But at the same time, uh, it also suggests that she's not maybe taking it as seriously about why. Right. Like, it's just it's complicated. It's not one is right and one is wrong, but they are they are fighting about this as we've seen them fight before. And of course, she immediately calls him peanut. He does serve it up, right? Because he's like, "We went to the moon while you were in diapers," and yes. then you can see she's like, "Oh, do I say yeah, maybe it? You, maybe you should should have worn diapers yeah. on on that Gemini mission, uh, Gemini, because that's what they call it at NASA, Gemini, uh, and calls him peanut, and uh, it's just super mean. And that mean. that leads that leads to uh, the next scene where uh, we get Margot saying. Yeah, Bill Strausser, your manager, he quit. What did you say? And she's like, oh, nothing, nothing. We just had an argument. It's nothing, 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 nothing. Uh, I call, I, I called him Peanut, you know, and, and, and made reference to the time he peed in his pants. And Margot, uh, again, trying to be a manager and a mentor, but a little bit more on the, on the manager side, she basically was like, okay, you need to convince him to come back to his job. He's very good at his job. We need him here. Uh, and if you can't convince him to come back, because this is all about you, uh, find yourself another job. And uh, Aleda does what you would expect her to do, which is she just kind of pops off and she's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. And and th- that is a great moment where, um, where Margot says, oh, I see. This is what you do. When the going gets tough, Aleda gets going. And it's like, ooh, that'll, that hurts. The only thing that this scene is missing is a trip to the uh, vending machine of fate. The vending machine of fate. Yeah, sure. I really wanted to see I, it. Uh, the kick. I do like the Margot points out on the way out, like to like, look, if you want to be an aerospace engineer, and as we already know from the scene where she recruited her, she's out of options, right? She's been kicked out of yeah, basically she, every other she big says, This name. is it for you. This is yeah. it for you. This is your last chance. And this is where you want to be, moreover, right? We know uh-huh. this. We know this. We saw a reaction when she started working here. We know her background and everything. We know she wants to be here. And this is sort of the come to Jesus moment where it's the 
okay, if I if I really can't don't want to lose this job, if I really want to be here, I got to do something. And we get what is a great scene mm-hmm. where she goes to Bill Strausser's house. He's watching Jeopardy. Shout out to Alex Trebek. <laughs> Alex. Um, he doesn't want to talk to he's her. Got pr- he's got props from Space Yeah, he doesn't want to talk to her. And she forces her way in. And then she's like, oh my God, you've got, is this for the thing from Space Nine? Well, you know, Barbara like, Bain gave yeah, go to yeah. her and she <laughs> sent this to me. Is that Buzz Aldrin's glove? He's like, yes, it is. Look, why are you here? Um, and he tells her the story of Gemini 8, which is also a true story. Neil Armstrong loses control. There was a very serious chance that they were not going to make it. Um, and he says, I had to pee, but I stayed at my post. Um, and then, you know, we had this moment and it's really tragic, right? Cause it's like, and then we got him back and it was this incredibly celebratory moment. We're all working together as a team. It's the first time I'd ever really felt that. And the guy looks at me and says, did you pee your pants? And that is, that is my life for the, for the next, you 20 know, 20 years. years. That's what he said, right? Like he's doing, and this is, I think this is great because like both Margot and he make the point like, look, I've been doing this for 20, 20 years, right? Like he's been in that job basically since the space race and, almost started. Right. And he's competent, but clearly, clearly has, gets no respect. Yeah. And even Margot throws know, him under the bus in order to create a little bit of a bond with Elena. Like, yeah. And, and it's clearly, the, he's clearly on the, you know, hidebound side, perhaps potentially yeah. because of that, right? Like he doesn't want to rock the boat or doesn't want to draw attention. But he, you know, I think it's great that Margot points out, like, look, he's extremely valuable. I, I know I, I ragged on him and I shouldn't have done right. that. We and, all treat him badly, but he's, he's also good at his job. So we keep him around. Yeah. We just treat him like a, like we're jerks, but we, we keep right. him around. And and the scene is inten- incredibly poignant, what he talks about, right? Because it goes from something that's the butt of a joke to putting it in the context of explaining, like, not only did I do something really important, right? Like, yeah. I had to pee. I knew I had to pee, and I stuck around because we were at we're risk of lose. losing Americans in space. Yeah. And and then when we celebrated in that moment that should have been this high, and it was the right. first time I ever felt that way, and all of a sudden, the rug gets pulled out from under him. And that's it's kills right, right? like that, i mean that should I be his you. Proudest, I've, been, I've been in those moments that, and that like where it's just like moment and instead great. it's shameful right yeah exactly it's awful and, and it is it is a great it's just really well delivered it's a great scene and then we get the Aleda basically oh, for the man. first time to anybody in the show yes. opens up right yeah. she tells a story about being homeless and about having to scrounge for food yeah and I how mean, she the gets way, shot the way she starts it is i was shot I'm like what you're like, okay, well, I, I didn't have a place to live. I lived in park benches. I lived in backyards. I lived under underpasses. Like, and then I, you know, she scavenges from out of dumpsters behind a restaurant. Um, and the guy there is a cranky old man who doesn't want anybody scavenging. And one day he comes out with a gun and he shoots her and there's like birdshot and some, uh, you know, some salt, but also some birdshot in the shotgun. And, uh, so she's got little things all over her and she, she runs and doesn't even realize that she's until she gets to the park that she's bloody and goes to the hospital and they call the cops because somebody got shot. And so she runs from the hospital and now she can't wear like tank tops or anything because she's got these horrible scars and still has shot in her from being shot. And, you know, and she says, so I, I understand about feeling ashamed i have my own shame i'm sorry i made you feel yours all over again which is good because it's not like i'm sorry it happened it's too bad it's like literally i know exactly what i did to you 
Yeah, and I did it, right? Yeah, that's there's no weasel words about that. This was on me. I I made you feel that. And again, kudos to the the actors in the scene yep. because they they do a fantastic job. They really do. Of really, it's really good. Sucking you in and making you believe that. I was I was on the edge of my seat. I was wrapped. Um Yep. And and it it, it sort of has that weird um I love the way it diffuses, right? Cuz like they're sitting there and he's like, oh, I can't, you know, Jesus, you know. And there's a silence and then you hear the Jeopardy question and well, he's like, "Oh, it's Margaret Thatcher." He, give, he gives her a beer, right? Well, right before that, he gives her like I think he he says Margaret Thatcher, right? And she like needs to says, be in a form of question. Needs to be in a form of question and they both laugh and, <laughs> and I think he gives he her, a beer. her a beer. Yeah, and it's like Alita made a friend, you know, like <laughs> I had that thought right, in my head. There's some understanding there. And I, w- I wonder if what we're going to get next is, is maybe like that he, that there's a little more symbiosis there where he is more open yeah, to her together. suggestions yeah. while she understands that he's got this history and he's not just shutting her down um, because uh, he doesn't want to have any new ideas, but maybe he also realizes he's shutting her down too hard and that some of her new ideas could be good and that maybe they will actually work better together out right. of this, right? And and it's important because uh, as everybody, you know, as we learned from when Margaret recruited her, she's not a team player. And this is her first move into like maybe learning how to yeah. work with other people. Yep. And that is going to be huge, right? That's going to open all those doors for her, I yeah. think, is is and it goes, that that being able to do that. It goes back to Margot's assignment. So maybe Margot finally got there as a mentor after all of this, which is her her assignment to her is basically you need to learn how to connect with another human being or you're fired is essentially what she says, right? You need to go talk yeah. to him and convince him to come back. And you can't do that with your brilliant engineering. You can't just show your competence and have it work. You actually have to talk to a person who you harmed and apologize and connect with them. That's her assignment. And um and and she hasn't had to do it and she does it. And and it's it's good. So we'll see where it goes, but a good good Alita scene. I like that that guy is not just a punching bag, not just a joke cuz he's been yeah, no. the you know, the annoying manager for the last couple of uh weeks. Right, and right. and now we see the the truth of it, which is yeah, he's probably hidebound in his ways. He probably needs to be a little more open to her, but also he's he is valuable and she sees his value and, and understands it and understands his commitment and understands that they're probably more alike than not, as opposed to thinking like, Oh, he's just in my way. Right. And it's, it's very analogous to what we saw with Thomas Paine, right? Where we saw, yes. we assumed he is one thing because he is presented in this particular facet, but the show then does a nice job of unfolding these characters and making them three dimensional. Yeah. Uh, whereas before they were only these sort of side characters and you can do a lot, right? You know, we don't need to know that much more about Bill, but we, we know enough now to know what kind of person he is. My favorite shows, um, and really my favorite works, but TV shows are really good at this when they're good is having empathy for the characters. The characters aren't just like there to fill a role and be an impediment, but that if you look closely at any character, you should be able to understand something about like their complexity as a human being. And this is a good example of that, where this character doesn't have to be this complex of a human being, but we scratch the surface and no, he's a, he's a full on real human being with his own issues. And it's, he's not just there to be an impediment to Alita. He is a, he's a person too. And I think having empathy for your characters and realizing that everybody in, in your story is living their own story. Like if you can manage that when you're telling, obviously the story of a limited number of characters, but when you can manage having them be surrounded by other characters where you get the impression that if you scratch the surface on any of them, 
you will find a great story there too. That's a nice mm-hmm. trick, and I think that this show does a good job with that. Yeah, I agree, and now, I, I, I think it does. <laughs> now let's go to a character who we don't understand. <laughs> But uh, as oh. we were last week, we we okay. uh, we get so the thing we didn't get last week, we get this week, which is uh, Karen and awkward Danny again, and she says all the right things. We shared a moment. Don't be sorry about it. Uh, good night. Uh, Great, everything worked out, night, Jason. That was, that was I'm says, glad to hear that was good. We can move on with our episode now. And then he comes back and he's like, oh, I can't stop thinking about it. And I'm like, Oh, oh Danny, you st- and and she feels stupid you know, teenagers. I guess she's kind of kind of you know feeling empowered. She's like, I sold the bar. It's just not fun anymore. If somebody's going to send. I thought an interesting thing about like a little space tourism reference. Like someone gonna, they're going to sell tickets to space maybe next season. Who knows? Uh, yep. And they're going to make a they're going to make a killing. And uh, and she's like, uh, yeah. So uh, to lock the door, turn off the lights, and meet me down in the fallout shelter, and uh, we're going to take a tumble. Because uh, it's bad decision, it's bad idea, jeans. It's bad decision oh, theater here, and so they do. And when all is said and done, we get the you know he says I love you, and she's like yeah, no you course. no you don't. This isn't love. Uh, it's not going any further. I wanted it. She says I needed it, and we did it. It was great, but it's over. And then ultimately he's like trying to push back, and she's like get dressed, <laughs> like Mister, <laughs> because I said so about face. That's an order. And if you were wondering why this episode is called, and here's to you, the answer is because she's Mrs. Robinson from The Graduate. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. the older woman with the younger man, and and Karen is Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> um, I still don't entirely understand why she's doing this. I okay. And I feel like so. I, I her get feeling of yeah. empowerment. It's just not fun anymore. Uh, I, I the, what I get from all of these scenes it and her confidence, honestly, in saying you don't love me. Uh, you know, I wanted it. Well, she's, we did she's it. A t- he's a teenager, right? What is like? Well, I, I definitely yeah, understand that feeling of being a teenager who's like, oh, I'm oh, obsessed sure. with this woman, and like I'm sure. in love with her, and, and like, you know, you and don't she, know. Kid. And she you uses <laughs> she uses him, right? She uses him. That's what she basically sure. says. Look, look, I wanted this, but this is it, and you know, I'm far more wise and old than you, and I, and, and this is it. Um, so again, I I wonder exactly what's going on with Karen, but in this. And I'm sure there's somebody out there listening who's like, well, I can tell you exactly what's going on with Karen. But for me, it's like she doesn't feel like she has control over her life. I think that's the bottom mm-hmm. line is that is that with Kelly going away to school, going away to the academy, presumably in a year with Ed going back into space um, and and also things like Ed having his accident and all of that, that she feels trapped um in this life that she's made but she feels trapped she is having a midlife crisis absolutely mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. she doing something like selling the bar makes her feel empowered like i made a decision to do this and so she makes the decision as messed up as it is she makes the decision to have sex with danny because she wants it and she can make it happen and so in the end we can analyze the details of this particular character and what motivated her to do this and all of that. And maybe this character will say so at some point, but the bottom line is it's a midlife crisis. She is, she does not feel like she has any power or control over her life. And she's trying to exert what little she can so that she can feel alive and feel like she matters and that her decisions matter. And that's very clear. Um, 
the details are unclear and I don't have to like exactly what she does here because it's not my job to approve or disapprove of characters. <laughs> People do dumb stuff all the time. Uh, but I do think I, I, it felt more real this week than last week, if that makes any sense. Like, I was like, I see what Karen is doing here. She seems yeah. logical here. Logical in her bad decisions in a way that last week did not to me. Yeah, I, I, it's tough because I think the lens through which I end up seeing some of this too is her relationship with Ed, which, while it's had its ups and downs, did not seem like it had reached. Well, he's been faithful that to her point. when other astronauts have been unfaithful, right? right? Exactly, like Gordo. You know, and and I think, uh, you know, has he, I, I think I was going to say he's been a good husband, but it's like, well, for, he's not always for been a good certain husband, definitions but, of good husband. Yes, but like they had their problems after their son died. That he he is in this incredibly demanding profession that uh, requires the partner to do all sorts of things that are asking a lot of the uh, a na- first of a, a a a navy wife, an astronaut wife, and she's tried to carve out something but it's still astronaut related right so it's still not really hers and i think that feeds into it so i think it's yeah i i think you're right though that part of my reaction to this is viewing this relationship from the perspective of the husband which i am and you are right a husband and not from the perspective of karen and i and i think there's the both of those things can coexist right and it's it's the yeah, I don't know. Again, it's separating the bad decisions from the, the that the character makes from a, a whether or not a storytelling decision makes sense. And I think I, you know, I will continue to reserve my judgment on this until I see how it plays out, because I think that is kind of the proof is in the pudding situation, right? There's still a couple episodes left in the season. I think it, it, the question is, what is Karen's arc? Where does she end up? And how does this get her there? And does that sort of compute in and of itself? And the answer is, it may be upon it, a bunch of bad decisions that do work together to tell a story of a character that is uh, makes sense and is compelling. Um, and I, I'm willing to trust them because they feel like they have done such a great job with most of the characters on this show uh, that it, it's it's too early to say like this is <laughs> this is just bad writing, right? Like, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say that. Um, but it does it does make me wonder because I feel like some of the decisions are yeah, it's 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 about the stuff that we saw talked about in previous weeks where it's like kind of still been behind a facade. We haven't gotten as much of Karen. And like you said, this week we maybe get a little bit more. Um but I'm still not a hundred percent understanding where this is taking her. And I felt like Yeah. I wondered about the how casually she seemed to betray her her marriage at this point you know right. and and to the fair point right like if you flip the genders and made this a story about a man having a uh you know a fling with a uh young woman it would not be anything unusual right like so there's a double standard there for sure um but i'm i am kind of curious based on the relationship that we've seen her and ed have and certainly they've like i said they've had their bad moments she spoiled wrath of khan for him you know that's rough um uh, I'm I'm curious to see how this kind of plays out, and so I'm I'm a little bit if you, of all the plot decisions this yeah. season, this is the one that I'm still the most like eh, not sold on yet. But I'm I you know well, I think, let it see. I think let I go. see where it's going. Um, in in a sense that there seems to be a trajectory now. I don't know exactly what the details are. I think you know her casualness in uh in betraying her marriage vows is also matched with her casualness of throwing away some in the bar. Well, I know, and throwing away Danny, right? Like, be mm-hmm. like, 
she she's not pretending and he's like oh you could run away with me and all that and she's like right she's like she's like no i used you it was fun uh we're done and that's empowerment of a of a kind which is why i say again i think that this is about her feeling empowered to make decisions and do what she wants and it literally is i'll wreck my life if i want to because that's my decision and so where this is going is obviously a a crack up a mess and a reckoning that's going to happen. And I don't know all the details. Um, also throw out there just because this is probably not going to happen, but in the graduate, the plot of the graduate is that, uh, is that Dustin Hoffman, who is Danny in this scenario ends up marrying, uh, the daughter of right. Mrs. Robinson. So yeah. that would be marrying. They, they end up on a bus together. Uh, so that, that would be Kelly uh, who's going to the Academy. So just, wait for it i guess yeah um, i don't know it's there if Oof. they really want to go down the graduate route or not but uh but yeah more to come for karen like i said i i feel like i understand understand the process that's going on here more i don't know where it's going obviously disappointed in her but i also am empathizing a little bit with like she obviously uh something has set her down this path of feeling like she is um i, I just i i don't feel there's really a, an inciting incident i think the answer is that ed's ejection is the inciting incident but yeah we haven't gotten we haven't seen inside inside her head head about about why that triggered all the rest of this but obviously it has and now she's she's decided that she's going to uh make some make some bad decisions in order to feel like she's got some sort of ability to make decisions and affect the world and that part i understand even if i don't endorse i totally understand um i feel like we're just repeating last week because meanwhile on the moon (laughs) yeah well uh, we do have but we have one other uh plot thread that we did not talk about which was kelly oh going yes to you're right, the Vietnamese right. Restaurant. wait for the moon hold on for the moon uh yeah. yes please we hold have for the moon one well it's a couple really it's a great scene kelly goes to dallas basically uh arlington maybe but it's, it's dallas area uh to uh little saigon restaurant vietnamese restaurant to find her birth father and she doesn't speak the language she's she walks in and she's vietnamese and so the girl at the counter speaks to her in vietnamese and she says i don't speak and she's like oh you know you were you were raised here um and she even said she's adopted right yeah, like i think right. there's a point you're where she's adopted yeah. exactly so it, it's this really interesting thing and you're already i don't know about you i was already like oh this is a this is going to be his daughter and so she they're sisters or half sisters and like i already am like oh boy this is really interesting but the way it plays out is just kind of beautiful which is she's just a customer getting a peek into this life um and the, you know and this, into her roots too yeah. right like she she doesn't know vietnamese food yeah. at all this is the, this is very much like a modern a modern thing too where it's like hipsters of the 21st century know all about pho and banh mi right but yeah, back then right. she, it, the vietnamese girl has to have the vietnamese delicacies the f- great vietnamese food explained to her and they're like try the try she says i'll have the pho and she's like it's pho uh right yeah. like it's a, like, a mistake everybody makes when they're ordering yep. vietnamese food and uh up on the wall there's the same picture that was in the file yeah and she keeps trying to get a glimpse at um the, the so she finds out the, that uh, the, chef, the, the dad the is the chef yeah yep and um she keeps trying to get a glimpse at him and her view is constantly sort of blocked and then that last scene she's looking at the billboard full of photos and of course turns around and they have a, a almost a moment where he kind of is like do i recognize this no. and, then, and then you know woman and goes back to his work yeah and, um, the, and the daughter and then, is nice because i think she's connecting with her on the level of this is a a, an adopted vietnamese person who's trying to reconnect with their vietnamese history but she's just a customer 
right? There's right. no magic here. She's just a customer. Well, come back and have this other thing that's also good. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just this simple scene, but it is Kelly having a moment to really process all the things that she, you know, that are part of her history that are not part of her life. Right. Yeah. Right. This is something, and she's, you know, the background to all of this, of course, was writing her, her, uh, her essay. essay. Yeah. And so trying to figure out who she is. And yeah. like, we've really, again, another instance where, you know, this character was presented to us at the beginning of the season without really a lot of backstory. Yeah. No explanation. Um, like, and we've slowly unfolded that as it's gone along. We've learned about Ed and Karen's process in adopting her after Shane died. And now we're learning about her own background in terms of like where she came from and the life she could have had and all of that. And it's, it's, it's really beautiful. I agree with you. It's a, it's a lovely scene. It's a lot of fun watching these two, you know, characters kind of interact and you, even as, you know, Kelly is realizing like, Oh my God, like this is, this this woman is my half sister. That's my father back there. This is a very different life. I could have been, you know, really connected to, but it's not mine. And so she walks out and, uh, unclear again, where, where she'll go from there. But I, I loved it. And it really made me want Vietnamese food too. So, Oh man, they said bon me and I'm like, Oh, bon me. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, meanwhile on the moon, here we are. Meanwhile on the moon. So they go to the South Pole base, the Shackleton Crater base. Gordo's on this mission. They're they're landing there. Gordo gets to fly a little bit. Um, I can't... A note that I have here is, given that presumably the LSAM is very much like the the lunar module of our time, um, I kind of can't get over them not wearing their helmets while they're flying, only because Mm. if it, it got pierced in some way, especially like by weapons that you might want to have your helmet on so i i guess for dramatic purposes it's better that they don't but i i keep thinking like maybe they'll learn that lesson the hard way you guys are so exposed there anyway they're down in the in the crater and there's movement on the ridge escalating tension there are cosmonauts up there they they go up there with the with the soldiers um the soldiers are going to check this out because the 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 russians are, are coming um they're it's unclear what they're doing there's an open case they go out on uh on their frequency and in russian which they don't speak really but they know the phrases they they, they, they have their phrase card taped to their suit yep. which is a very uh oh, very military thing yeah they they basically say you know you need to move away this is the united states territory and move away and they react and the way it's all put together is very much like we're in the boots of the Americans in knowing, in not knowing what they're doing. And it's like, could they be trying to retake the facility? Are they trying to sabotage? They put stuff, they put something down on the ground and it feels like, is that, uh, is, so that is a bomb? Is an explosive? Is it, is it a canister? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We don't know anything about what they're doing, but it sure, and the music plays is it like, it sure seems suspicious yeah and then they and then they reach inside this thing that looks like it could be a weapons case or something and they're like stay away from the case but you know they don't speak english um and they shoot one of them and then they and the and the other guy and they shoot the other guy and they've shot shots fired on the moon for the first time they've shot both of these cosmonauts and they go over to like seal up their suits because although they're wounded they you know they'll they'll plug them and there's a real, and one of them is trying to take his helmet off it looks like right yeah. like he's struggling with it and like they're like what are you doing right like and they go over and, and the line oh is oh my god this guy's on fire 
they open the visor and you can just see it's Flames. terrifying it looks like something out like doctor who right yeah. like it's it's just oh my god what is happening this is this is terrifying uh i got i got chills from that i'm sure there's a scientific so explanation eerie. that they they ignited the oxygen or something like that and it's like a little apollo one inside that right, right. suit but um and then they plug the you know plug the hole of the other guy so they you know and what's in and and they radio back right because everybody's listening in on this they radio back that that um we we sh- there's been an incident uh one of them is dead and one of them is wounded so now the, a life has been taken on the moon and what's in the box this is the great ten- tension moment what were they reaching in for and the answer is they were reaching in for their translation card yep oh I knew I I was very confident it was going to turn out to be something innocuous. Yes, I felt that going into the scene. Yes. I'm like, this is this is a dumb. It's going to be a tragic mistake, right? Exactly, exactly. It but is. it doesn't. It may not matter, right? This is the moment where it's like, well, it's kind of you know, hey, we get, we kind of have the flip side of the the KL uh, incident right. from last week, where it's like, was this just an well, innocent mistake? Was it something where you know, in this case. The, we thought you were doing something nefarious yeah. and we took action. And you you right? can see you can see how the dialogue is gonna go too, because everybody's gonna be able to say, like the the Soviets are gonna say, You killed our guys. And the Americans are gonna say, um, you took our facility and forced us to retake it with force, and then you brought these guys back and didn't notify us and didn't communicate with us, and then we killed your guy. So don't, you know, don't give me that. I feel like the Americans have a very clear answer here, but the fact remains, it is a provocation. They killed a cosmonaut. They killed a cosmonaut and shot right. another cosmonaut. And, and more to the point, in both of those cases, unarmed cosmonauts. Unarmed. Which, which is, you know, the, the Russians then have their responses like, well, we didn't bring weapons to the moon, right? Yep. Like, we mm-hmm. don't know if they did or not, but like, that's what they're going to say. Not. And they're going to point out their cosmonauts were not armed. And, and, and they were just reaching for their translation and materials. And, we have a serious yeah. Cold War escalation. Right. So we end with the pre- someone get the president on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, this is going to be. Whew, something's going to happen. I, I don't know, Jason. I'm not feeling great about that Soyuz Apollo mission. No, well, I, I don't know. I'm not feeling great yeah. about it for a few reasons, but who knows? Maybe, look, there are a couple... Okay, first off, I don't think For All Mankind is going to give us a cliffhanger. I really don't. Mm. I feel like the like the first season has, has taught us the lesson that they're going to tell their story, and then they're going to get us ready for the next decade essentially yeah and so i feel like this story is going to wrap up in the next two episodes which is going to be interesting there's so i can't say it's going to escalate to a fever pitch and then we're gonna have to wait for season three i do think it is going to escalate obviously and then there's a question of like what is the response what is the result of this and is the result a ugly chain of incidents that is finally kind of finally resolved and they steer away from the moment of utter destruction or is it a smaller series of incidents that are steered away and and the pieces are already there and and you know right like we don't we don't know we haven't seen the last two episodes we don't know what's going to happen but the pieces are already there for that you know we have margot's relationship with sergey we have the moment of humanity between the chief engineer and danny we have the apollo soyuz mission which although it seems laughable. It might be a way out of some of these tensions. And then there's the escalation. Right. Sure. And then there's the broader question, which is, Oh, and we have Pathfinder, 
with weapons in space and who knows if they would arm their shuttle too right like we've got all of these these axes of escalation and de-escalation and that that's the the storyline question for me for the next couple of weeks is is where is this show taking its resolution and how much damage is there going to be before there's resolution and and then also intriguingly is what does that say for the future of for all mankind because presumably we're going to be in the 90s and what does that world look like and and keeping right. in mind you know, you know, that in the late 80s and early 90s in our world the soviet union soviet broke union apart. apart yeah so, so i don't know yeah i don't know it's i i have there are so many different ways they could go i'm fascinated to find out what, what it is it's super tense though boy right yeah i mean there's a lot of build up there to what is eventually <laughs> yeah is this as we discussed i think a little bit last week like is it the small events that are going to snowball into something bigger are they the small events that will be quelled and just be remembered as like well that happened and Do, we you know well, the right. doomsday clock we, got closer to midnight we, we steered away from it Do, does this right. lead to ultimately a set of agreements about the use of space that that cool this down a little bit i don't know yeah i don't know either because it's, it's a question like you said we we are getting into some seriously uncharted territory once we move into the era where the soviet union was no longer you know a going concern and what does it look like if the soviet union persists into the 90s right. like does the cold war continue um mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is the interesting part of the film. We've, we've had the last, these three first seasons of this show are all the sort of, you know, they're treading ground that we, I think I find very familiar. And it seems like it starts to diverge, right? Especially it gets closer and closer to our time period too, right? Like right. how different does our world look like? Because there's still, even though lots have changed, we still see things that are the same, right? Like, we, you know, the KL disaster, etc. Exactly. You know, stuff is still happening that happened in our world. Uh, but some stuff is not right. Like things, you know, and sometimes it's good. Is the Challenger disaster? Sometimes it's bad. Like people getting killed on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> well, this show it was great. I mean, great episode. Very exciting. Some stuff in it that I didn't like. Uh, tragic ending. But uh, what a, a wild ride it was. Loving loving the ride. If it's even like, if, it's like flying the LSAM. Unsure about the destination, but <laughs> I'm loving the ride. Uh, well, next week. Only two more of these left next week. What what other wacky things will happen? Um, we'll be back next week to talk about it. But uh, until then, we're uh, we're here on the moon with our moon guns. I don't know. I don't know where we are right now. We're like Sally Ride. We're just going to get up and walk out of this thing. <laughs> Very disappointed. But we'll be back next week. Uh, I have been Jason Snell, and he has been Dan Warren. Bye, Dan. Dust for Danya, Jason. We'll see you next week.